Welcome, welcome everybody to another great episode of the Beyond Normal podcast. Today we're talking to a founder who's uh, working on physical products in the, in the physical space. Again, we know the world is going digital, but there's still a need uh, for physical products. Her name is Chantel Lott. She is the founder of Bounceless Bras. The model that they go by is bus size. It's no longer a barrier. Without further ado, I want to bring Chantel to the stage so we can hop into this conversation and learn more about her product and, and, and the platform that she's building. How are you doing? Doing well. How about yourself? Doing great. I uh, appreciate you for, for hopping on our platform. Uh, Beyond Normal, the focus is, again, having conversations with founders like yourself. Um, I saw the Bounceless brand. Uh, I, I seen some of the stuff that you're doing, but you know, I want the folks to really learn it and, and dive into your story. So tell folks a little bit about uh, your journey leading up to you being a founder, right? Like what got you to this moment where you were excited and you wanted to take on the challenge uh, of being a founder of uh, building out Bounceless? All right. So my story starts um, as a middle school student running track, uh, ran track for middle school through college. And so I found myself somewhere between middle school and high school having a double up or triple up on sports bras. The thought came to me in college to develop a sports bra, but it took a lot of years after that to finally get to where we are right now. Needless to say, I didn't see too many athletes who looked like me in the bus area or even talking to some women now, they gave up on their love of a sport simply because there was not a support enough support out there or they didn't find what they were doing was working. So my story started because I loved running track and I wanted to continue to do that even as an adult to continue to remain physically active. So I embrace upon learning one, how to sew, which I'm still embracing that, but also uh, product development. So that's how I became a founder because I wanted to solve my own problem, but also solve it for other women like me as well. Appreciate that breakdown there, Chantel. Uh, you being a lifelong athlete, um, it seems like this is something that's near and dear to you. So tell us a little bit about products that are currently out there, uh, like what you were seeing uh, when it came to bras for, for female athletes. Like what, what was missing? Well, not even up until recently, we had to pull them over. And that's not it's not fun, especially when you're sweaty. Um, but it just lacked support. I mean, it was just a pullover with material that really didn't do anything. I remember one of, um, I think it was my senior year, my coach at the time in high school gave me, um, a, a, it was a Nike sports bra. So I just added that to whatever else I was already wearing. I just kept putting on more sports bras to try to get the support that I needed. But what was lacking was adjustability um, and just comfort. I mean, it was un it's very uncomfortable wearing multiple sports bras. So I wanted to keep that in mind, having a, having comfort be a part of the products that we make so that women will want to wear them. Got it. Got it. And so going into this space, you know, there, there was some uh, ambiguity, right? There was like this, okay, how do I get this done? Right. Cause your, your background, you as an athlete, you've been focusing on being an athlete your whole life. How did you go about gaining some of the, the, the business experience, right. To start this business and take that, that initial idea to where you are now? Great question. And just know that it's going to be, it was a long journey for me and I don't come from the fashion or product development industry. So my background is actually um, education and social work. Um, I found a way to combine the two. So let's say, I think the idea came about 
2000, somewhere between 2007 and 2009, just the idea for me, you know what, you're going to make your own sports bra. And, um, but I really didn't get serious about it until about 2010 or 11. And so um, I asked someone to help me learn how to sew. And so with that, I just needed some of the basics so that I can craft the sports bra, how I envisioned in my mind that would work based off of the techniques that I use to get into wear multiple sports, sports bras. I was going to take that and put it into one. I then... Um, did some Google research. I know it was about 2015 when we actually found our first product development team to work with. And so um, she was based out of Colorado. So I sent her, <laughs> I'm a, almost ashamed of what I sent her. I sent her fabric that I made from like shirts and taking bras apart and um, elastic. So I just crafted in my mind what worked. And I know when she got it, she's like, what is this? But um, we were able to come up with the first prototype. And during that process, um, I, I have a patent on this sports bra. So during that process, I was also applying for a patent as well, because since the beginning, I knew that I wanted to stop the bounce, reduce bounce significantly. So I, I was like, OK, to me, that wasn't out there. I didn't see it. There are some sports bras who have come along, who come close. But for me, they still didn't do the job. So I felt okay, this is going to be something that is going to change the way that uh, women one, show up in the world and also show up for themselves when it comes to working out. So I kept that in mind. So I want to protect that. So um, we went through product development with her for about two years. And I will say this. So I remember recently finding a notebook. So I was keeping notes of what was what I was doing. And this is probably about it was 2009. I remember the date. I was like, OK, this is my six month um, build up to from product development to selling. And that was in 2009. Again, working with someone who doesn't see it the way you do or they think they have your ideal in mind, that was the struggle that I found. And so we got close, but still wasn't good enough to me. And so I kept delaying until um, I wanted to find something that worked for me that I knew would work for other women as well. So we worked with her up until about uh, 2017, still didn't have what I wanted. Um, found another one in about 28, another product development team about 2018. Um, again, she was like, uh, this is a little bit complicated. Um, so we, I did something that I would not probably suggest other founders do, but I went ahead and put out a product that wasn't mine. We had just did some adjustments that wasn't the patent, but it was a smaller scale version of the high impact sports bra that we have at now. So I called that our low impact sports bra. So I wanted to put that out simply because I wanted to get our name out there as we were still working towards getting um, the high impact sports bra out. So we did have one uh, product that launched in 20, actually that launched in 2019 because that was about 18 months of development too with the second product development team. So um, through that, I'm still like, I'm going to get this high impact sports bra out. I was not giving up on that at all. So second development team, we got something out with a small production run. And then we, um, 2019, at the end of 2019, we were able to be connected with someone else who got us on track to where we needed to go. And that was a game changer because she was like, I was telling her my story and I told her that one one of the product previous product development um, team said I couldn't make this sports bra um, because it was too complicated. It couldn't be made, but we got it made. And so this is where we're at right now. We relaunched June of 2021. And so we've been hitting the pavement heavy trying to um, get the word out and just to help women to a bounceless experience. Chantel, uh, you, you dropped a lot of gems there. 
you, you talked a little bit about iterating, and then it, it sounds like you had to to, to really convince uh, people throughout the process, right? Before the product was in that final stage that you wanted it, you had to convince them uh, really to invest in you, right? And, and I think that's a common thing for a lot of founders out there, making sure that people understand and connect with that story, even before the product is built. You know, some, you know the, the motto is going around nowadays that you build that community, right? Before the product, come, and then the product comes a little later. Um, that's that's outside of the traditional way to build a business. And, and I think uh, your, your story there, um, you fought through it. It took you a couple years to make that that product um, where it is, where you want it to be now. But uh, as you were telling me that, like I was seeing the movie play out right in front of my eyes. So that I appreciate you for sharing that on our platform. Yeah, don't give up. I use those no's for fuel. Um, I quickly learned that, okay, I'm going to be told a lot of no's. And it was confirmed that, yes, uh, go out there and get those no's so that you know how to accept them. So since the beginning, I've been hearing no, no. And even knowing the form when you got to pay again, because I've invested a lot of my own money into this. And so to me, those were no's because I would have to start over again. Um, and, and that's what got me to at one point, even with our third product development team, it was like, okay, referring back to the first one, this was not done right. So that was very upsetting. But I was like, oh my goodness, like, again, I didn't know what I didn't know. So going at it from the basis of not knowing what to expect when you go into some creating something new, um, I would, if I were to do it again, I, I would make sure and just to gather more as much more, more information than I had just because it, I probably could have saved myself a lot more time and money if I knew exactly the questions I should have asked, um, not waiting on what I thought, you know, the experts could tell me about my own uh, sports bra and what I needed. So I would say um, be okay with waiting and getting the knowledge that you need to be successful in meeting with the people that you're going to be working with, because essentially you're paying them, they're working for you. So, um, you know, be be intentional about going into certain relationships and business. That, that, that's a gem right there, Shane. So I actually keep this right next to me, right? Balls, right? I keep that next to me all the time because like hashtag balls, like you got to make some some decisions, right? Mm -hmm. And then like you said, you're paying people uh, ultimately to move your business forward. And so it's still your decision at the end of the day. They're going to give you that feedback. They, they're going to tell you no, right? You want people around you to kind of give you some of the, those objections, but then where there's a will, there's a way, right? And a lot of times that boss, that CEO wears that hat. Um, so I got really excited as you were just uh, dropping those gems on us uh, as you were explaining your story. So uh, I want to transition a little bit um, to you being a founder, like that experience in itself. You were going through an accelerator program, now you're done. Yes. Uh, so tell us a little bit around um, that accelerator experience uh, for you, the accelerator you were in, you were in, et cetera. So yes, yeah, so I'm I'm in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and um, the ecosystem here for Black founders, entrepreneurs is really um, is really growing. So Act Tulsa is a collaborative effort between Act House and I2E. Act House is based out of. Florida and I2E is here in, in, in Oklahoma. So they joined together to bring black uh, black and brown founders together. They um, invested 70K in each business with zero equity. 
And the goal of it is to, you know, of course, help accelerate these businesses. But then once we reach um, a point where we can invest back into the next cohorts, um, that's what's going to keep that um, cycle going to continue building upon black and brown founders. So for me, community is everything. So I was very interested in that. Yes, it's zero percent equity, but also we are committed to repaying that back so that we can help the next um the next um, cohort after us. So it's a six month program. Three months are in person and the last three months are virtual. Um, you're matched with advisors. Um, this was actually um, my first cohort uh, accelerator program where it was in person. So I, it was it was interesting to experience that. And we become family, the, the founders that are the businesses that we have uh, that come together. So very interesting, very um a lot of learned experiences. Me as a founder, I had to, I, I've grown as a founder, I would say that, that you're, you're gonna, I was challenged. And so challenged one, um, even just to change the brand name, we did a rebrand. So um, you think you have this baby, your business, and you want to hold on to it as much as you want with everything and be a helicopter parent. But um, you, as, as the founder, you have to realize when you need to pivot. And that's something that I feel like I learned through the accelerator program through Actosa. Because, um, again, just being challenged to push you. And I know that, that ch those challenges will help me when I face other decisions later on down the line as, as a business owner. You're dropping <laughs> gems, like, you know, just talking about, um, like, what goes into some of these decisions, um, you know, some of the hot topics right now. And you're probably well aware of this, like, what money should you be taking? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, they tend to kind of go down one path. And just think that that's the end all be all um, example. That would be like venture capital, mm -hmm. right? Um, where we see some people like, oh yeah, I got to go into this space. And then you see kind of um, when you look at the numbers, right? Less than 10% of that money really goes to um, diverse founders, yes. uh, underestimated founders. So it's like, why even spend a lot of your time there? And, and you're an example of that. Uh, really using this accelerator program. I love the fact that they give you the money and then they take zero equity. Yes. Right. That That's awesome. Unheard um, of. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like I'm pretty sure you've had conversations with people. Right. And they're probably trying to give you some information or give you some some sort of input. And in return, they're trying to take some of that equity. And right now it's so important to keep as much of that equity in your business as long as possible. Until somebody comes along and maybe write you a blank check. Yeah. And it has to be the right person. Like we we have these conversations about, you know, if venture capitalism is right for us as well. And so it's just a, a thought process to see, you know, making sure that it's the right um, fit. And anyone who's talking to investors, you just want to be mindful that you want to make sure, one, you're not giving up so much of your equity that you're not even in control anymore. And that, two, that, you know, they're not going to come in and you know, shatter what you've already been creating or, you know, change it completely. So that's always top of mind for me. It's a relationship. Yes. And you want to make sure that it's a, um, a functional work or relationship on both ends. That's awesome. And, and, and as you were talking about that, um, something came to mind for me around uh, relationships. Right. And you being the boss, like you're, you're out there looking for an amazing team to help you run bounceless and make it, you know, that next big, product brand that's out there. So I'm curious, like, uh, like you said, it's a, it, it's a give and take. It's a two way street. Like, what are you looking for on the people that you're bringing on to your team as well? Um, because having a great team 
probably set your business up for success as well. Oh, definitely. We're in the process of expanding our team now, too. So the, the people that I look for are going to be um, they, they already have the, the go getter attitude. I don't want to have to pour my go getter attitude into someone else. I want you to come with um, the, um, the experience needed to help us take it to the next level. And that's not to say that you have to be the expert, but I'm also wanting people who will grow with us. Um, people who can pour into the business as well as receive it as, you know, this is something I definitely want to be a part of. I want it to be a family, you know, a community. I'm not here to just um, harp and shout out um, commands and things. I really want, I believe that I can learn from a lot of people that I meet. And so I, I take that into context too, is that when you come on board, you know, we are here to grow together. And so I, I would like to keep it that way. Um, so yeah, I would just, my, my team building process is about, I want it to be longevity. I just don't want it to be someone we brought on and now they're off to the next thing. I really want it to be someone who pours into a bounce list to make it grow into the company that it is desired to be. Well, that's, that, that's a gem right there. Like you said, you can't really pour that go-getter attitude into people. And so, like you said, they got to have some of those intangibles, some of those soft skills, um, that I think people that look like me and you, I think we have a lot of that in our community um, outside of maybe some of those technical, like we're coming along in that space as well. But I think when it comes to soft skills, just having conversations with people, being able to be yourself, that swag yes. that we know we come with, right? Like yes. that's value. Yes, I love that. Like When I think about uh, the culture that I want for balances, it's definitely showing up as yourself. You know, I don't want you to have to hide behind who you are. I want you to show up as yourself because essentially I want you to be represented in Bounceless. Like I, I want your skill sets to be there, too. So, um, yeah, that's why I say family, because you yourself around family. So at least I hope you are. Mm -hmm. Family big. Family's big now, especially in the world we live in. So um, there's one other thing um, that just popped back into my mind. Just the fact that you have Bounceless, the brand. Right. You have that word. Like, tell us a little bit about how you got that that word and like how you're able to kind of, you know, uh, kind of own it. Right. I, I think of a brand like yours. It's, it's, it's a simple word. People go and probably Google every day. There's probably a million searches for this word. And now your brand's going to pop up. So tell us a little bit about, around how you're able to secure that as well. So actually, when I started the accelerator, we started July 2021. Um, I entered in under another name. And so um, I was talking to another um, investor in 2019 and they had asked me if I had thought about changing my name before. And at that point, I really hadn't. And so um, the accelerator comes around and then someone asked me again, have you thought about changing your name? And then um, it was actually Malachi Blankenship with I2E. He came up with the uh, bounce list. And so I went and did a, a search. I'm like, OK, this uh, the domain name is available. So I jumped on it and purchased it. Still not. 100% sure that I was going to change it, but I was like, okay, it's here right now. And I say that because we already have products with the other name on it. So I was just like, we got to get rid of this product first. And so now um, uh, Bounces is, is Bounces.com um, and the trademark um, application phase right now, I'm waiting for it to hear back from the uh, USPTO about whether or not um, we, we can claim it, but we're using it now. So um, we have the TM on it as well. So just being able to push it out legally further i'm still waiting on that but we are in the trademark process right now that's a crazy good thing right that's what we call a, a tailwind right in the business world something that propels you forward something as simple as a name yes and it <laughs> makes so much sense now because 
before we would go to trade shows and um, the name was Concept C3 for comfort, confidence and control. Those were the three things that I wanted in a sports bra. But those three C's still convert over to bounceless. Like it's the bounceless control sports bra because it's going to give you the control that you need. But Concept C3, like what does that mean? So we would get asked, asked that a lot. But with bounceless, you know what you're getting into when you see these sports bras. So um, I'm glad that we made this change. I'm glad that the name was available and we're, we're moving forward with it. Yeah, that's a big one. Like when it just comes to like merch and just the way yes. it looks, you just want it to be effortless. Yes. Um, and you got a winner for sure Thank with you. that Thank one. you. <laughs> I appreciate I'm, I'm happy for you. Thank you. I'm happy for you. So we've touched on the, the fact that you're selling physical products. Obviously, the core of the line is the, the bras. But mm -hmm. I'm curious, what, what does this expand to next for bouncers? What, what What's on the horizon? Uh, for the brand that people can look forward to. Yes. So we are going to stay specific to our niche, which is Fuller Bust Women. And so we do envision having other products, um, of course, that are made for uh, like shirts or tops that are made for Fuller Bust Women, just to keep that focus. So that because there is a lack, there is, this is an underserved community. There are not a lot of there's a lot of frustration when we go shopping. So we're, we're trying to alleviate that frustration, especially when it comes to activewear. So we, we are going to focus specifically on activewear, but making it um, a brand that Fuller Bus women will trust because they know that it will meet their bounce reduction needs. So we'll have more um, uh, products out related to, you know, how women can, you know, show up with their at, at the top. Um, we will have some probably tights coming out to match those outfits too, but the focus will mainly be on making sure that they have tops that they could, um, that are functional, that they could work out in or even just, just lounge in. So that's where we're, we're headed towards right now. Got it. Appreciate that. Um, it seems like you're very laser focused tunnel vision in terms of what the product's going to look like. Yes. Um, and I know, uh, that's something that maybe some uh, other brands, they like, they, they may spread themselves too thin too many colors and, and too many palettes and things like that. I know you, you probably went down that path some. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we've asked, but we've asked questions too. Like, okay, would you want this color? Does this matter? Does fashion matter? Does function matter? And honestly, the women that we, we received feedback from are saying they just want it to work, you know, and then most of them are wearing like black or grays, but I'm pretty sure we'll get into some different color palettes. But right now they just want a, a sports bra that works. So that's our, that's our main priority. Got it. So, in terms of your um, audience, going back to your background, um, in terms of like the, the the feedback that you're getting from the for, for the product right now, is it is it uh, is it everyday uh, wearers that are giving you the most feedback now, or is it is it that athlete that you were? The athletes and the women who are working out at least three times a week. This particular sports bra is your action sports bra. This is when you want to go running, go jumping. You know, you want to do CrossFit. This is the sports bra that you want to wear. We did have another one on the market that could be worn for everyday wear, but I was very intentional about having a sports bra that you would want to engage in because honestly, physical health means a lot to me. And a, and a lot of fuller bus women have, <clears throat> excuse me, given up on certain activities or working out altogether simply because it hurts, it's uncomfortable and they don't have the support. So if I can help more women become physically active and to help with um, maybe some health ailments that they have because they're not physically active, then I feel like I've done my job. Mm, yeah, that's, uh that's working off all this uh COVID weight. Um <laughs> I, I gotta 
figure out how to work out myself. And so like you pin, like you kind of knowing like this builds into like ultimately more people working out, feeling better about themselves, just having that product that that's really tailored to them. Yes. Um, again, you're building a, an amazing story. And then I can even go back to um, some of the brands that are worldwide now, the Nikes and, and, and some of those brands, they really started out like with, with some really raw products. Um, Shoes. Yeah, with shoes. And, and in fact, their shoes were essentially replicas of the big brands at the time. Right. Mm-hmm. But he went worldwide. Their CEO, he went worldwide yeah. and really was pitching uh, these big brands worldwide to to make him their supplier just off of that idea, off of that story. Um, being an athlete and that athlete story we see right now, uh, athletes are really in a position where um, they're owning their story a little bit mm-hmm. more. Right? They, they've got some power. Right, especially the professional athletes. And I'm excited to see them really kind of uh, utilize that power a little bit more. But the athlete is so influential yes. um, in today's world. Um, people really over <laughs> overlook and underestimate how much influence athletes have. Yes, definitely. Speaking of athletes, I'm going to, I told myself like two years ago that I wasn't going to run again until I have my own sports bra. So now that I have it, I am committing myself to become a master track athlete. This is for those people over 35. You, they actually have a club where you can go out and still run. And so even up until I think it was um, earlier this year, a woman in her hundreds ran the hundred yard dash. And now she has the work record in that. So I'm not trying to run till I'm 100. Maybe I will. But um, I do want to get out there and get back to the sport that I love. So it is for the for the athletes. Shout out to her. <laughs> I can't run a hundred yards right now. Well, you, you better you got you better keep up with them so to keep up with the little ones. Yeah, <laughs> you don't have to you, learn to start running. Yeah, you know it, you know it. So um, you know, I just want to say, you know, as we wrap up, I appreciate you coming on the platform, sharing your story. Uh once I found out about you, we had a quick conversation. I I had to have you. Uh, on Beyond Normal. Um, let let the listeners know a little bit about, um, you know, how they can stay in tune with the brand, maybe something to look forward to as we get into the meat of 2022. Yes, you can definitely follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Live Bounceless. And if you or someone you know could use our products, you can um, see that at bounceless.com. Something that we're um, definitely looking forward to as 2022 progresses is um, just making ourselves known. I I really want to drive this community focus. And so what I what I envision is having some um, events throughout throughout the um, locally as well as uh, regionally, just so that we could present. Um, present those opportunities for women to become physically active, but in fun manner, because we do want, we believe that um, exercising doesn't have to be gruesome and cruel, but we want it to be fun and as a way for us to get together as, as women too, even the whole family, but we just want to make sure that we provide some opportunities for us to actually create those, um, those um, physical activities. Yeah, that's fire right there. Um, I'm seeing a lot more as, as things open up. A lot more uh, running, you know, running and grab a beer afterwards kind of events, like you said, making it fun. Some of the family events, yes. starting the kiddos, like you mentioned, starting them out early. And some of these, uh, some of the COVID babies, um, they've been <laughs> in the house, they got a lot of energy. And so they are ready uh, to uh, see the world and, and uh, running is a great way for them to use some of that energy. So I love yes. that. 
as a focus. Yes, definitely. So, it doesn't have to be running. I mean, jumping on trampoline is fun too. <laughs> yeah, that playground is is, yes. is exercise. Yes. That playground's exercise. Yes. I know. So, um, and you know, again, I just want to thank you for coming on the platform. Uh, one last time, I want to pass it to you. As you know, folk, folks who are listening in, um, tuning in uh, to your story, like what's that one thing you want to leave them with uh, as they as they uh, as we close out this conversation and look forward into the world? Like what's what, what what's that one takeaway um, that they should leave this conversation with? Um, that's a good one. Something that I want to leave um, everyone with, even and this goes even beyond just business, is that. Um, the no's and maybe what you think is a failure, don't look at them as failures, look at them as lessons. And then either use those no's for fuel or take those things that didn't go the way you planned them to go as lessons and see what you can learn from them. But then apply those, those lessons to the next step or the next um, venture, the next idea, the next, the next next that you'll be doing. So just try to stay as positive as you can, because if you're going down the entrepreneurship road, it is going to be ups and downs, but you have to keep in mind that everything and everything there is a lesson. Mic drop. So that's <laughs> it. Like, I'm not even going to say much else. Thanks for tuning in to the Beyond Normal podcast. Uh-huh.